At Game Kings we talk about video games, but sometimes we make an exception. And then we talk about cryptocurrencies, and Bitcoin in particular. I watch a lot of YouTube channels, but one channel in particular, and that's the One Bitcoin Show by Adam Meister. It's a bit of a coincidence, but he's in Taipei right now. We're in Taipei. I've sent him an email and he sent me an email back. So we're meeting each other and we're doing an interview. So uh, if you just follow me, I'm going to meet him here just around the corner. Adam Meister, it's an honor to do this interview with you. Um, I've been watching your videos for ages um, and you are the first uh, real Bitcoin maximalist, uh, um, in my experience, talking about it on YouTube. And I would like to know, how did you start with Bitcoin? Where did you enter crypto and how did your journey start? Well, I've always been interested in economics and uh, financial instruments, should we say, and, uh, and the internet. So back around the, uh, we were having economic problems in the United States, what was that, 2008, 2009, that crisis. Yeah. I listened to all these financial alternative channels uh -huh. on YouTube, mm -hmm. and they were, they were entertaining. You, you heard a different take on the Federal Reserve and uh, not so traditional ideas about finance. And, some of the people, and they were doom, a lot of people were doom and gloomers and were down. And, but I, I started to hear about this Bitcoin thing. I didn't think about it much at first. Mm. Um, but around 2011, it, it really started to pique my interest, I guess. And it really started to stick in my head. But I wasn't ready to make the move. It was very difficult to purchase back then. But a few more of these alternative financial people kept talking about it. And finally, in 2013, I was like, I want to get into this now. I want to do it. So I got my first two Bitcoin. Was that Mount Gox where you bought it? No, <laughs> luckily it was not. So it was good I did not get in super early or I would have gotten it at Mount Gox and yeah. I probably would have lost my Bitcoin and it would have turned out completely differently. But I got in uh, because of my interest in economics, alternative economics and <laughs> the internet. And I got in in 2013 and I just fell for it right away. And I just, I jumped right in and was talking about it. Started making videos in 2013 also, not that. It made a few in 2014 and then 2015 and really ramped it up by the end of 2015 with the videos. And yeah, I remember uh, discovering your videos, uh, I think early 2016, something around there. I know you were always traveling the world, so it's no coincidence that we meet here in Taipei, uh, in Taiwan. Um, I mean, you are the guy who is always saying, value your wealth in Bitcoin. Yes. I mean, that's your, you, you say it in every episode. Mm, yeah, of course, I try. Why is that? Well, because it, it's, it, there's a lot of confusion out there. Mm -hmm. People see these altcoins go up in dollar value. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's, it's tripled in value. And then you have to remind them, well, if you would have held Bitcoin instead of this altcoin, it would have gone up more. You've got to value your wealth in Bitcoin. And, for the, and in the long run, your altcoin is going to disappear. Do you know when you should sell your altcoin? Are you going to have to worry about that? Why not just stick with this, the rock, which is Bitcoin, which will be the winner. And that's the way you should value your wealth. I, and try I, to acquire more and set goals in terms of Bitcoin also, not in terms of being, you know, getting $100,000 worth of cryptocurrency. No, mm -hmm. try to get 20 Bitcoin, 30 yeah. Bitcoin, because in the future, 
I mean, I've been saying this since Bitcoin was like $500. Hmm. So I think I've been proven right. If you tried to get 10 Bitcoin back then, yeah. you'd be really happy right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I agree with you completely, but I learned this lesson uh, through trading and losing yes. Uh, yes. Uh, a significant amount of Bitcoin uh, because I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. And um, uh, to be honest, I underestimated Bitcoin in the beginning because it went down a little bit and other altcoins went up crazy. And I was like, oh, I got to be on, on this coin and that coin. And that's how I learned and the, the message uh, resonated with me. And I learned to not trade, but just uh, focus on just Bitcoin. Is that the way you came to the same conclusion or? No, I never, I've never traded. I have never sold a Bitcoin for dollars at least. Okay. I've never traded and I just, when I get a Bitcoin, I keep a Bitcoin. But I've seen other mistakes. I've definitely heard horror stories. Mm. You know, some people talk about how, well, in the, I did okay with trading. I actually made, you know, uh, a $10,000 profit. But, and then they say, but in the long run, I, I would have had six more Bitcoin had I just held Bitcoin instead of playing all these games. Yeah. It, it, it can get very distracting because it looks like you're doing well. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes it just looks like you're just losing a lot of Bitcoin, which is a really bad feeling. And yeah. which is why I tell traders, most traders lose money. Yeah. That, I mean, or lose Bitcoin. That's just the way it works. Why risk it? Have a strong hand with your Bitcoin so you can pound that like button when you're watching videos like this. I love it how you, <laughs> how you say that in every video and you keep saying it in this interview as well. I mean, uh, you do the one Bitcoin show on YouTube yes. and uh, it starts off with... Uh, with Hello everyone, this is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin the Meister. Disrupt Meister. The Disrupt Meister. <laughs> Welcome to the one Bitcoin show because one Bitcoin should be your first goal. That's an easy first goal. Well, now it's a lot, it's harder than it was back in the day, but uh, you shoot for one, then you shoot for two, then you shoot for 10 and it just move it up, move up the goals slowly. So it's not that intimidating. But yeah. some people are like, how will I ever get 10? Well, you gotta get one first, so. That's absolutely true. Um, I do see a lot of people in my uh, uh, in, in, in my circle of friends who are uh, starting with crypto, um, and they all go like, uh, "Oh man, I gotta get ten Bitcoin at least," and it's 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 an amount that's almost unreachable. It's because it's we're talking about what a hundred thousand dollars, something like that, for ten Bitcoin right now. Um, so the way to get there, what they're all thinking is, "I'm gonna start trading." Yeah. And some of them are successful, especially if we have an altcoin uh, 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 bump yeah. like we've just had. Um, how do you see that? I mean, you've, you've been around since 2013. How do you see these cycles of, of pumps? Yeah, well, that's dumps? It's, it's all cyclical. It, there are going to be altcoin pump cycles that are so tempting. And so people who do want to get rich quick in terms of Bitcoin are going to see that as a, a quick solution, a shortcut solution. But what I try to tell them is this. If you hold on to your Bitcoin, you're going to get these crypto dividends. Um, people have been forking off other coins from Bitcoin mm -hmm. and people who hold Bitcoin, who control their own private key, get these other coins for free. So back in, what was it, August, if you were holding Bitcoin and people were worried about Bitcoin, oh, there's this new coin called Bcash that's coming out. Well, it was just a fork of Bitcoin. So everyone who held their Bitcoin got free Bcash and that was at, at times has been like a 20% return. Uh, Bcash was up to 20% of a Bitcoin. At, at, so if you had 10 Bitcoin and you got this Bcash, you could have traded in that Bcash for two Bitcoin. So there, there right there was an easy way. Just by holding, you got free money. 
yeah. through, through this forking crypto dividend mechanism that is out there that's still going on. We've got another one, be private coming up. Who knows what that's going to be worth? We had be gold. So if you hold, if you control your private key, you're gonna get these crypto dividends mm -hmm. and from just doing nothing, yeah. you're gonna get extra coins which you can turn into Bitcoin. So I, I tell that to people who are impulsive, who are like, but I wanna trade, I wanna trade. I'm like, oh, wait a second. In the old days, people used to save and they would get interest. This is a new form of interest. Look at it that way. When, when Bcash was launched, yes. all the Bitcoin people were, were really angry. I mean, this was a hostile fork. Yes, it was an unfriendly fork. Yes. Do you still regard Bcash as an unfriendly fork? Well, I, you know, so there were different levels of hostility from the Bitcoin community. Uh -huh. And I think a lot of it has clearly died down because if you look at it correctly, it's just an altcoin. It was just a way to get more Bitcoin. Now, is it annoying when some people try to say that's the real Bitcoin? Mm. Of course, but it's not the real Bitcoin. Mm. But I don't give their people the time of day. I don't even say the le their leaders' names on my show. I know, yeah. I mean, there's there's no point. I mean, so some people are still, I think, making a map. You play into what they want if you make a big deal about them. Yeah, you, you may if you worry about them openly. If you you, you create fear around Bcash, then you do help them out. And I have, there's nothing to worry about. It's just another altcoin. Uh, so what? A few people have bad intentions. So a lot of people over there they have good intentions too. So I mean, I have, you know, if I've got no problem. I've so no how problem. do you see the intentions of most of the forks that I see right now? Well, you see, most of the forks are friendly forks now. Yeah. Yeah. You see that they're 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 not trying to pretend to be Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. They're just trying to find a unique way of distributing their new coin in hopes of p pumping up the price. So that's a money grab, basically. It's a money grab on their part. Yeah, but we're we're also benefiting from it, and they're not trying to hurt Bitcoin. Yeah. They're not trying to hurt Bitcoin holders in any way. Um, some of them are even, you know pointing it as a positive that they're just trying to reward Bitcoin holders. Yeah, that's and of course, that's what's going on. If yeah. you own one Bitcoin, you usually get one of those four coins yeah. or sometimes ten, but mm -hmm. at least you get some for free. Yes. And, and that's 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 great. Um, you get them for free, but you only uh, be able to sell them if exchanges support it, yep. if your wallet supports the split of the coin, because it's 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 a technical story, but you would need to split your coins into Bitcoin and the four coin. Yep. Um, when it comes to Bcash, the, that all those uh, opportunities were there. It was easy to split almost straight away. Mm -hmm. Most exchanges uh, supported uh, uh, Bcash. Uh, right now, uh, um, I think they're still in the middle of the discussion uh, regarding B private, whether an exchange like Bittrex would support it or whether, uh, I don't know, other exchanges would support it. How do you see that? Do you see, well, do you I, worry? I see as Bitcoin holders, we have to be proactive with this because there's so many forks out there now. Yeah. You can't even tell the difference between them all and exchanges aren't like jumping on them to cover them. And But be, be private is unique because it involves privacy and uh, it's a special fork because it's also a fork of Z Classic. I won't get into all that, but mm. as Bitcoin holders, we have to be proactive, use social media mm. to put pressure on companies like Trezor, which is a storage device company, and on exchanges like Bittrex, especially on Bittrex, and say, hey, are you going to cover this? Are you going to make this easy for us? Are you gonna make this process easy for us? And make it like it's worth their while. The more people who tweet it out, the more people who are talking about it, 
um, the the likelihood, the more that it, it, more likely that it will happen. So we, as Bitcoin holders, have we have to be proactive. We just can't sit there if we want to get um, our, our crypto dividends. And right right now, by the polling that I've taken, it's not scientific. People are most excited about this be private thing. It, it seems like right now. I agree absolutely. Uh, I was told that uh, uh, getting your coin on Bittrex is a matter of paying. Yes. Twenty five Bitcoin, they will do your feature your coin on Bittrex. Um, don't you think that be private people could easily cough up yes, 25 Bitcoin? Yes, I, I, think, I think they should. Uh-huh. And I think they will. If they, if they Remember, we're also talking about will they make this... People should not store their coins on exchanges, but a lot of people store their Bitcoin and their Z Classic, especially on Bittrex. Yeah. So the main question with Bittrex is, Sure, they'll list be private. They're paid to do that. And I think they will be. But are they going to make it easy? Everyone that happens to have their Bitcoin there and their Z Classic there the day of the fork, are all those people going to be automatically credited with the B private? And we have to put pressure on them to put a statement out there saying, yes, if you have your Z Classic on our exchange or if you have your Bitcoin on our exchange, then after March the 2nd, you're going to have B private also on our exchange we're crediting you be private we're splitting it for you i think i think that would be great pr on their part i think it would help the z classic people i mean and the be private people so the people behind be private it's in their best interest to work behind the scenes and to get this ball rolling but it's up to us to convey what i just said on social media to bitrex also yeah and same to trezor um if Trezor knows this is like the most popular thing since B Gold, mm-hmm. then they're going to make it. They're going to make it easy to split your Bitcoin that you're storing there already. Yeah. Into B Private. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, what I'm wondering, um, how do you see 2018 and the forks? I mean, we have B Private, B Rhodium. I mean, Gold, I, I, Diamond. We've been there. How do you see the rest of the year? Well. I think that there's a point where we're inundated, where we've been flooded with them, that the cream will rise to the top, that they're going to have to figure out some marketing strategies, some of these, to, to get them listed, to get them easily split, to make them stick out. Uh, I think we're going to see other altcoins copy what Z Classic is doing, basically forking into Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see that happen. Yeah. But how many is the... Are the, is the common man going to get a hold of in the end of the day, by the end of the year? I used to think that maybe it would be like five to ten, probably only two to five more. Um, and I think the better way of doing it is the airdrop way because you don't have to rely on other people splitting it for you. So yeah. I think some other coin that probably doesn't even exist yet is going to copy what B-Rhodium did. Yep. So I, I expect that to happen too. And what do you think? Because uh, Birodium has a different approach. Yes. They're extremely rare, to say it, I don't know, mildly. I don't, I'm not sure if, it, if they're really rare. We, d- we have no we way of see, checking yeah. it. We have to see that. 
um, uh, people who had Bitcoin had a chance to uh, enroll in the airdrop. Uh, most of the people I know were too late. I watched your channel, so I was in time. Uh, yet still, when they're, uh, uh, when they're uh, I don't know, it, it wasn't a wallet, they have a tool. Yeah, they have an online wallet and they have a tool you where you can claim. claim. I, I entered the information, it said you get null, zero Satoshi, so you don't get anything. And I was like, ah, oh, bummer, because I was looking forward to it. Yeah. And I feel that on the technical side, these projects are all so uh, immature. Um, everybody is on top of it, trying to uh, uh, claim it as fast as possible. And they are just not capable of building the technology that fast. Well, I think there may have been some confusion too and, and how they relayed to everyone uh, how, where you should have your Bitcoin and what address you should list to them, to send to them. So there, there was, I think there was some confusion. I think they learned their lessons. I think if they did it over again, they would do it a little differently. Um, but in the end, I think, I think it will be successful. I think people, people are telling me that they were able to claim it. I haven't tried to claim mine yet because I just, I'm letting it, I'm pretty patient with this. I wanna, I'll claim it when they get listed on an exchange. Okay. That's gonna be their big test to see how successful this was. Yeah. And I, inti I mean, again, what I encourage, if you're having problems with B-Rodian, to, to directly contact them. They're very responsive. Okay. I will right. say that their their uh, customer outreach or whatever you want to say, they're not mm. customer, but co outreach team yeah. is, is very responsive. And so I, I give them credit oh. and uh, we'll see how this evolves. Again, it is a learning process. Uh -huh. And I think if someone else is thinking of doing this, they can learn from some of the mistakes that B-Rodian made. But w we will see how successful this is. I know Andy Hoffman, um, who's, who's, who's another a, YouTube, he's a new uh, YouTuber, another YouTuber, yeah. a great YouTuber. He is really excited about B Rhodium. So, um, I'm optimistic. I, I always say free is free. So if it works out and I can get something, some Bitcoin for it, I'll be happy. I'll be happy because I got it for free. I agree completely. Okay. You have, um, uh, you always say long-term thinking. Um, if we look at Bitcoin, um, uh, you have this goal that you mentioned in your show. That's the next halving of Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, we won't go into what an halving is, but basically it's an important moment which usually drives up the price um, excessively. Um, that the next one's going to be in the summer of 2020. Yeah. Uh, why is that so important? What, what do you think will happen at that moment? Why is 2020? Well, it's a two-pronged approach on my part. There are a lot of people who have, don't have the ability to think long-term, especially if there's no goal. So I wanted to create a goal, a, a set date, something people could focus on that was in the long-term future. So in 2016 is when I started preaching this 2020 halving, and that was it was pretty far away then. Now it's only two years, but yep. it's still long-term. It's still long-term compared to, most people are so impulsive, they see the price drop, they wanna to sell today. They wanna to sell Absolutely, right now. Yeah. Now, I lived through the 2016 halving, and I saw that Mo even though everyone should know about the halving, most people who were involved in Bitcoin back then or involved in cryptocurrency, they had no idea this thing was even coming. You know, you ask people in January of 2016 about the 2016 halving, they didn't know what you were talking about. It wasn't until about March and April when people started talking about, you know, the supply, the new supply is gonna be cut in half. So the price started to slowly rise and it basically doubled in value from about, during this having hype, I called it. And it wasn't even hyped that much, um, but people did start to find out about it. So the price doubled from the time, you know, around January of 2016 to before the halving. And then a little bit, and then when the halving happened, it did drop a little bit, 
But after the halving, so it basically doubled around because of the halving. And I would anticipate everything like that to happen again. Like, let's say it's the end of 2019. People are, most people are going to be like, what's a halving? What's this yeah, thing yeah. coming up in June or whenever it's supposed to come up? And then people are like, well, the supply is going to get, the new supply is going to get cut in half. And people are going to realize, like, well, I should start buying this now because there's going to be less of it created. It's going to go up in value. So it's going to create this cycle, this hype cycle, where it could double again. But we're not even close to that yet. So people always ask me, what do you think the price is going to be? What do you think the price is going to be at this 2020 halving? And I'm just saying it's going to be more than it is now. So <laughs> Probably, yeah. So get, yeah. Get, you should get in now. You should get in yesterday. Absolutely. Uh, you so should again, get I, in again, 2011. I've been, yeah. been preaching 2020 halving mm -hmm. since, it was since it was $700. So if people would have fo followed my advice when it was $700, they, they wouldn't even care if it, you know, it, it doubles from January to May of 2020. They would have already 10x, more than 10x, yeah. between the time I started talking about it and now. So. So recently we saw these uh, new additions to Bitcoin. We saw the Lightning Network mm -hmm. um, being activated. Uh, it's still in beta, I believe, yep. but uh, uh, we've seen the first transactions happening. Uh, of course, before that, SegWit got activated. Um, what do you think that means for the future of Bitcoin? I, I, people are really excited about this Lightning Network. And well, first of all, the, the SegWit and Lightning Network com uh, combine, uh, it's gonna be faster transactions, cheaper transactions. But there are all these other cool things you can do with Litecoin. And as you said, you called you said it's in beta. I don't even because know. Because Litecoin already it, has it is, the... It, it, the, the it's it's pre-beta, basically. It is risky to, to mess around with Litecoin right now. Like you, you, but people are doing it because they want to become the Lightning Network leaders. They want to be the Coinbase of the Lightning Network. They want to be the blockchain.info of the Lightning Network. So they're jumping in right now to get ahead of the game. And it just shows you the excitement that people are willing to take huge risks to become major players on this completely new aspect of Bitcoin, mm -hmm. which I think none of us fully grasp yet what it's going to do for yeah. Bitcoin, what they're going to be able to build on it. And there's so many people working on it, so many people who want to get on in on it. So when people try to tell you about the latest altcoin flavor of the month, Ask them, well, like, well, how many people are trying to become the Coinbase of that altcoin? How many people are experimenting on that altcoin? All they're going to be able to say is that they're speculators buying it and flipping it and trading it, not actually doing things with it, not using the technology. And they all say their altcoin has better technology than Bitcoin. But in the end of the day, people are going wild on the Lightning Network, yeah. doing things on there, building things on there, trying to become the biggest company involved there and it's not even ready yet and that just shows you the power of bitcoin yeah i absolutely agree do you uh, uh have you noticed that the whole discussion about bitcoin especially outside of the specialist youtube channels uh, maybe mainstream media is being dominated by talk about speculation yeah. or by speculation topics yes how do you feel about that being a bitcoin maximalist from day one or two. I or think I think people. I think name recognition, brand recognition is important. So if people talk about Bitcoin, I think it's sometimes it's bad, but at least more people are finding out about it. Mm -hmm. Where it where it gets a little wild is that people talk about Bitcoin's incredible rise, and so a lot of people feel like they missed out. 
So what the mainstream media starts to buy into then and want to be a part of, they want to predict the next Bitcoin. They want to be part of the next Bitcoin. So they start talking uh, ignorantly about coins like Ripple, which are basically centralized and how that could overtake Bitcoin. And it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. All these people start buying into it, talking about it. That's the danger that people are going to get bamboozled into buying these ludicrous coins that have no business being whatever value they're at just because they want to become the next Bitcoin. And it's all based on speculation, all based on the Bitcoin's price. Not on what Bitcoin can do, but on what Bitcoin has done in terms of price. That's why, so I don't like, I don't like the media's fixation on that aspect because it, it blends into, it bleeds into this altcoin madness and feeds it. And uh, there's a lot of people that have already been fooled and they, get, and they want to get into get-rich-quick schemes like BitConnect. BitConnect was a coin of sorts and it ended up being a total Ponzi that's blown up in people's faces. And, and apparently some people are suicidal over it. There, there are lawsuits pending. It's, it's, it's not happy stuff. And I warn people about it. You don't, and people told me, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You, got, you have to really understand what BitConnect really is. Well, now you see what it really is. Yeah. And it was better just to buy and hold your Bitcoin, people, and to pound that like button. <laughs> We're not on YouTube, so we don't have the like button in that, that way. We, we should put it on YouTube, actually. Yeah. There's somewhere right now someone is watching this, and they've got a like button in front of them, uh, and they're pounding it sure. somehow, somewhere. Man, you should do some like button merchandise. You know, just he have the like <laughs> button and pound it. Someone yeah. did make, I, uh, my friend in Perth, Australia, made me a shirt that says, I wore it like a few times. <laughs> Something, pound that like button. Cool, like, yeah. yeah, cool. All right, um, so when we look at the future of Bitcoin, um, do you expect all the, uh, the, the functionality that some of the altcoins uh, have? Do you expect that to all move to Bitcoin? Yeah, you can build different layers on top of Bitcoin that, that uh, replicate uh, what the other ones do. You know, whether it be privacy or microtransactions or smart contracts, people are working on all of that stuff. There's so many different developers working on Bitcoin right now. Again, with these, with these altcoins, they, they talk about how great their development teams are. It's like three guys, and maybe they're all geniuses. Who knows? But Bitcoin's got thousands of people. The best of the best, doing all sorts of stuff on it. Yeah, so they've got the most developers, yeah. absolutely. So w w what, what do you think about um, uh, what the moment when governments step in? I mean, I'm from Europe, we're from Europe. Uh, that's where the discussion is just starting. Mm -hmm. I think in the US it's been, st it's been going on for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, what's your feeling about that? I think they're way, they're way too late. They're way late, late to the game. If they try to be nasty toward Bitcoin, I think it's only going to cost them. I think some of the governments, like Japan, are learning and let's be open about this. Let's be uh, give it some freedom, and maybe we're going to benefit in the long run. Maybe it's going to add to our economy. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I think some com countries are going to be logical and say, hey, if we're known as a blockchain-friendly country, then some of these and give business incentives. These new, this is these are going to be new huge businesses. We want them to be in our in our country. And you can see in the United States, you know, we have 50 different states. Each state takes a different approach. I know now, like. Uh, the, the small state, or in terms of population, small state of Wyoming is trying to reach out to people to get uh, cryptocurrency businesses there, to, be, to have pass legislation that is very cryptocurrency friendly. So I think we could see that replicated on the country level also. Maybe some lesser known countries seeing this is their, their big ticket to, to greatness. Again, there are, there are a lot of countries that, are, that do 
they want a piece of the pie in a nasty way. So they're going to try to tax it. They're going to try to shut it down. And it'll create some temporary FUD, depending on how large the country. Like, you know, France might do something ridiculous or something. Yeah. Um, but in the end, they will lose. And they're going to lose business and they'll learn the lesson the hard way. I saw that in South Korea, uh, yes. people actually revolted after what happened there. There was some legislation, there was some threat, threats of legislation by the government. Uh, it turned out to be uh, uh, false, fake news. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but people lost a lot of money because it drove the price of Bitcoin down. Uh, they went to the streets and uh, it's probably going to cost some uh, big time politicians their jobs. Yeah, they wanted to get rid of some bureaucrats who had suggested it. Yeah. Now, I, I've been in South Korea. I was in Seoul and I saw the madness firsthand. They are they love the day trade. They love it. And they got to be careful. They get into a lot of, uh, they were the ones who were pumping up all like the penny stock, uh, uh, the, I call them pennies, you know, these, these coins that were less than a dollar because they didn't understand you could buy a fraction of a Bitcoin. Some people think, oh, I have to buy a whole Bitcoin. It's too expensive. I'll just buy one of these cheap coins instead. That's not true. You can buy a fraction of a Bitcoin. You can buy a dollar worth of a Bitcoin. A lot of people don't know. That's that's the newbie learning curve. There's a lot. You got to learn how to send your first Bitcoin before you buy your first Litecoin. Yeah. So no, absolutely. And uh, I believe the fact that they, their English is not very, yep. uh, uh, very good no, uh, leads to these kind of problems. They, they're unable to read, learn, watch yep. YouTube videos about all these coins. You're right. There's a different ecosystem. Uh, we're kind of split up out, up from them because they don't know English that well. And they don't. And if they do, they don't even try to listen to the, the YouTube channels. They're, they're, they've got enough South Korean. So I have said, if, you, if you're an altcoin person, you hire a guy that speaks South Korean and uh, Korean and go pump your altcoin in their forums, your altcoin's going to do real well because they jump on any rumor they hear and they only hear rumors that are in Korean. <laughs> it's crazy. So we're in Taipei right now. Yes. Um, you've been there for a week or two maybe. Yeah. Um, what's your experience with crypto here in he, Taiwan? You know what? This is basically my first experience. No one has said anything about my shirts. No, I haven't noticed any signs. I haven't really seen anything. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, it was much more prevalent in, in South Korea, obviously. Uh, I will say this. A, a meetup group did reach out to me. Uh -huh. um, I, I'm expecting it to be a lot of expats, though. Uh, but so I'm going to be hanging out with them on Thursday night, actually. On February the, on February the 1st, I'll be hanging out with them. Um, so that'll be my first big experience. So they're going to give me some insight, definitely. But I, I don't know. I, I haven't really, I haven't seen much. I haven't seen much. How about you? Have you gotten a yeah. feel for it? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's in the uh, nature of the people in Taiwan to not talk about the, the subject a lot. Because, uh, I mean, we have an office in Amsterdam yeah. where everybody is super into crypto and, yeah. and talking about Bitcoin all the time. Um, they visited uh, an indie game studio and it was very similar to our office. It was like a boys room, there were lots of video games, everyone was playing around. And they, they mentioned, Jelle uh, uh, and Kals mentioned, well, if your guys are so similar to what we do in Amsterdam, you must be into crypto. And the place exploded <laughs> and they were all into crypto. And uh, that's when I realized, because I had the same thing like you. So I, I'd imagine to see something about it or, or see it in the streets like you, you see in Europe right now. 
but they are uh, very into crypto. You oh, just so don't see it. It's, it's like Fight Club. They keep it secret. They yeah, keep it secret. That's okay, it, yeah. okay, that's good. And maybe I, that's smart. I, I, it, it might be. I mean, it's, who knows? It, it, might, it might be from some tradition, you know, keep certain things quiet. No, you know, don't, don't, don't broadcast certain things. Hmm. That is a question I'm going to ask the guys when I, when I meet with them on, uh, on Thursday. Yeah, this is a very interesting observation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, and I think Carl's had some Bitcoin feedback on Tinder that... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was uh, that was interesting, but anyways, um, um, to get back to the legislation part, um, I find that v very interesting. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but Trace Mayer gave yeah. an, uh, gave a talk to um, uh, I forgot his name. He's your colleague at uh, at World Crypto Network. Uh, his last name is Schmidt. Um, Valentin Schmidt. Valentin, sure, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And um, Trace Mayer said. Um, there's a reason why Japan is so into, uh, uh, so pro-Bitcoin. It's because their currency is uh, really needs to devaluate for them to get rid of some of the debt. Yeah. Um, so it makes sense for them to, uh, uh, to, 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 to look for other assets that might be very valuable and cause some inflation for their, for their yen. Uh, same thing could happen in the US, same thing could happen in Europe. The same debt problems that Japan has had for decades uh, are building up right now in Europe and the US. Um, do you see uh, uh, Bitcoin being an, um, an, an sort of like a, a global means? Or uh, oh, yeah, it's, it's, an it's an escape from the monetary system. If people in some of these countries that are just printing money like crazy, and Japan prints money like crazy, mm -hmm. and they get away with it somehow, I don't know. But, but in some of these countries, they don't get away with it. So yeah, it is a way for smart people mm -hmm. to get out of their fiat system. Yeah, yeah, it's an escape route. In Brazil, they're doing that. In Brazil, people are tired of living through the real being inflated out of existence and then the new real 10 years later. And yeah. it, it's becoming quite popular to buy it in Brazil, I heard. Yeah. I think we're, I think this is going to be a news story in, in this year, if not next year, um, about, about people, just smart people saying, you know, enough. Yeah. I'm enough. I'm tired of being inflated away. This is a stable asset. And it's something I'll be able to take with me across the border if I need to get across the border ever. Yeah. And could it be something that's used as a geopolitical means in a, on, on a larger scale, like, like Russia uh, uh, and China trying to control their, uh, their, their assets. And well, I, I look at it this way. I think the first country that buys up a lot of it, I think secretly, and then announces it to the world, uh, is going to become one of the most powerful, economically powerful countries on earth. Oh. I think it's a way to get some second tier countries maybe up to the first tier or maybe get a first tier country way above its current standing and becoming the most powerful country on earth who knows yeah. who knows if some of these countries are the governments are secretly buying up it's a way to bail themselves out almost switzerland is rumored to be looking at this option that would be really interesting yes that would be cool. because again what a country has to do is secretly buy it get as much as they can and then say they did it and then everyone will be like, oh, my God, I got to get Bitcoin now. And they'll already have it. And th the value will go up even more. So they'll, they'll get it on the cheap before the, you know, for the mass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bef before the pump they caused causes the pump. Do yeah. you think we're still early? Yes. If you start with Bitcoin right now, is it, is it still early days? Yeah, it's still early yeah. days. It's still early days. Because, uh, I mean, not every, still not everyone's heard about it. I mean, again, when it hit $10,000, that was a big momentous occasion where I think a lot more people, it got a lot of mainstream attention. But um, I, I remember the dot-com era a little bit. 
and uh, it seems like we're uh, it's still early. It's still it's still compared to that. Then it seems like it's like 1996 or something like that. Who knows? Cool. If you look at this year and maybe a little bit further in the future, how do you see your media uh, uh, career? I mean, you're doing your channel. Uh, you're traveling the world. What are your plans? To keep on doing what I'm doing um, and just sticking with my beliefs. I think people like that I tell it like it is. And I, I, I don't just read the news. I, you know, research stories. I try to bring stories from all over the world. And I'm going to try to keep on getting different, different stories from all over the world, taking my unique energetic approach. And I, w I want it to grow. I'm part of the World Crypto Network now. I want that to grow. I want my, you know, my associates uh, brands to grow. Um, it's it's weird. You know, I got recognized in an airport recently, so uh, it, it it's it's strange. It, it's 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 very flattering. You know, to to be able to put on events wherever I go to hang to be wherever I go on Earth, I can find a person who knows me now. It seems like it's really weird. I say where I'm going, and people are like, "Yeah, I want to hang out with you. I want to pick you up from the airport." I think it's really flattering. It's really awesome. I hope I hope it keeps growing and growing because I know if my brand keeps growing and growing, if my channel keeps growing and growing, that means Bitcoin is doing better and better, and cryptocurrency is spreading across the world. So we're both going up together. We're both Absolutely. going up together. I brought something for you, and I'm gonna get it out of my bag. But I'll oh man, hold on. Uh oh, this is this is unplanned. <laughs> wrinkled a little bit in my back oh, sorry for that you know I, I, like t -shirts. I know you like t-shirts I'm, like I'm, I'm guessing you have a medium it's the new yes. game king shirt <laughs> yes all right all right so this is the this is a game king shirt yeah that's us game kings so uh, i know because i watch your show that you're into t-shirts a lot so, okay so uh, i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to wear this on tomorrow's show oh right. that would be super cool man yeah and, uh, and yeah. say this these are the guys who interviewed me and we were gonna check out game kings uh, my show, uh, my interview with them will be on there soon enough. It will be there soon. Yeah, absolutely. Cool, Adam. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for this. Thank you very You're much welcome. for all. This has been a pleasure. And pound that like button, people. Absolutely. I want to give a shout out to, uh, I got a different shirt on today. Game Kings. 